0: My hand.
1: Joining me today here in the studio, originally from Canada, my guest is a Texas-based singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist who has released 11 CDs and written three books. He is currently on the road, playing shows over a -a three-and-a-half-month period. He previously appeared on this show way back on episode 19, where I recited his impressive and lengthy resume. So I certainly encourage you to go back and listen to that interview, as well as visit his online destinations that I'll be giving out today. You've been hearing a song of his entitled Blue Highway. It's my pleasure to welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, Danny Brooks. Thank you, Bruce. It's good to be back, and great to see you. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Great. Danny, it's great to have you here in person to do the show again, and, and thanks for stopping into Tampa on your long road trip.
2: Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, well, let's start off by having you tell the listeners all about the song that we were just playing, Blue Highway.
2: It's about traveling up the road and the trials of the road, and uh, it's not all glamorous. It's It, it can be a tough go. But the actual premise of the song stemmed from my mom singing Hank Williams songs and Reverend Jumpin' Jim Jericho when I was about four. And I would see my mom singing to Hank, and she would have tears rolling down her cheeks. Hmm. My dad had just left, and I said, Mama, you all right? She said, I'm fine, son but I knew she wasn't. And at four, that that startled me to see my mom cry. So my mom kind of put some soul into me. And that was part of what the Blue Highway was about. And um, uh, it was after I'd recorded the song, I shared it with my brother Michael. And Michael said, Danny, if you recall mom was really on a blue highway <laughs> during that time frame so i you know kind of added
1: to it he he meant she was on a blue highway meaning she she was down in the dump she was broken dead. hearted she had blues. Yeah, yeah broken yeah. hearted that's yeah. amazing obviously your brother must be older than you no he's my younger brother michael oh
2: yeah wow. but he knew the history and uh uh he's the the brother of mine that's a pastor of a large church in uh, Ontario. He okay. actually was my road manager for for a little while before oh, wow. uh changing vocations. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he had a, he had a, he had a different calling initially until he got the calling. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, I mentioned in the intro that you have put out 11 CDs. Number 11 mm-hmm. came out since we last had you on the show. So tell the listeners all about the release that you put out in 2015.
2: It's called uh, This World Is Not Your Friend. And initially, I was going to call the album The Blue Highway. And I had a a great friend in Frank Garcia that uh, every song that's on this record, I played for him. And when he heard the last song I wrote, uh, This World Is Not Your Friend, he goes, that's the title of the album, Danny. Mm. And I said, why do you say that, Frank? He goes, well, it's a bold statement, and it happens to be true. And this is a gentleman who um, wasn't really a man of faith, but he just uh, he liked the story in the song. So uh, I thought about it, and... I agreed. I said, you know, I called him up and said, you're right. I'm going to call the album This World Is Not Your Friend. And it's kind of a John Lee Hooker kind of a vibe, uh, hill country blues kind of feel, but it's got a
1: a powerful message. So So is this a friend of yours that is just a longtime trusted friend, or is he actually in music that you thought, I want to get his musical opinion. Long-time as as. trusted
2: friend, but as well a very unique individual, God bless his soul, because he departed at the age of 59 with a heart attack. Oh, my. But he was the first Canadian to ever win the W.C. Handy Award in Memphis for shooting. He was on the cutting edge of video, and he shot oh. the fabulous Thunderbird song, Tough Enough. Wow. Um and that became a, a big selling record uh, yeah. for them. So he was always involved uh in one way or another. He was a singer and a harmonica player, but he was more of a tech
1: kind of a guy. Uh-huh. I wonder though do you were you just looking for his opinion or or for someone that has put out 11 CDs? Do you need validation anymore? Do you need affirmations? Do you need to go and seek people's approval of your music or is it that's not what this was at all Bruce? I just wanted to get his opinion on on what he thought of it.
2: Everything you mentioned because I don't care how old you are. You have to look at every song as a new creation and you have doubts about it and yeah there's a, a semblance of confidence that yes I'm an established writer. But I still uh Treat uh, each song. I don't take for granted that, well, I've arrived because you, you never, you're on the way down if you think you've arrived. Mm. I'm always reaching, I'm always digging. You got to get deeper. You can't take your audience for granted. Number one, you got to love your audience as much as you can in your art because that shows when you perform live. And every song is important beyond what you can even describe and i always dig as deep as i can uh, to to write and craft the best possible song i can
1: yeah i i understand the the point you're making i'm just interested from the standpoint of the up-and-comers that i always refer to that are listening to the show who are trying to gain some insight and some wisdom and some information from my guests you would think that they're going to want to hear you say, hey, listen, once you get to a certain point in your career, you do have to have confidence. And you'll get to a point where, where you'll know that, OK, this is this is good. What I've written is good. But you're here to say it's OK to be confident. But it doesn't mean that you don't need anyone else's input or anyone else's help.
2: Of course. Yeah. You've always got to uh, dig deeper, because if you're not digging deeper, someone else is and you're going to be left behind. Mm. And I would tell those same people, if they're interested in becoming writers, they should read voraciously, they should travel, wherever the music that they love, go to where that originated, sense and feel what that person felt who wrote it. Go to some of the venues that are heralded as where, like, for example, Springsteen came up at the Stone Pony in Jersey. There's clubs that are still around like that. When you walk into those rooms, those rooms, they speak to you. They breathe the stories that have been there before you. It's a very um, uh, intricate and even mystical uh, part of the writing. It's not just what you, you think. I mean, it partly is what you think, but you've got to add in all those other dynamics to become a more complete writer.
1: And I would add that when you do walk into those venues that you have to go into them with a level of respect for what has happened before you in your time there. You can't walk in and say, okay, here I am, I'm now at the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. Oh, this yeah. means that that I've arrived, so everybody sit back and listen to what I have because you're, you're missing a lot of, as I said, paying respect to the people that have gone yes. there before you. Not to mention that the place isn't going to close after, oh, thank goodness, so-and-so finally came and played here. Now we can lock the door. There's going to be plenty of others after you. That's right. Well, back on episode 19 of the show... You talked about your first book, and now you've written two more books, although they're not out yet. Just talk about what these two books are going to be once they're published, what the titles are and what the subject matter is. They're motivational
2: and inspirational, and they also share my inner belief system, my faith in God. And um, the first book is called... uh, the journey continues. and the book starts off with my uh, having a, a heart attack at the threadgills and playing through it and doing a five-week tour and then miraculously realizing when I got back to Canada that I had five major blocked arteries. That And I worked in the heat. And you cannot be breathing properly in humidity when you're not getting any oxygen to your heart. So this, the book starts off with that as the, the backdrop of um, a, a major miracle happening. And as I shared with you earlier, today, I might be the only person you're ever going to meet and you attested that, that you take medicine. I, I don't take anything. No heart pills, That's no amazing. cholesterol or anything. And then the book it goes on to giving uh, principles for successful living. And the second book, the, uh, the Lonely Battle, because my background is with addictions, I wanted to pinpoint a time frame for people. The hardest thing is to come to admit I'm a lunch pail. I'm an <laughs> alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. I'm lost. I need help. So the book focuses on that coming to the realization you have a problem, what steps to, to take to get the help, getting into rehab, and the crucial two-year period leaving rehab. So the book delves uh, into building blocks to become a successful uh, in your to become successful in your recovery. And I share uh, uh, my personal experiences. And also I share, I, I spoke to um, about seven people that are, are very successful in their walks of life. Some of them are in high finance, uh, others um, in other walks of life. And I put that into the book too to, to share. In previ- the previous two books, I quoted... Uh, Dr. Dennis Waitley. I quoted Norman Vincent Peale. And I thought this time it might be better for the listener and the reader to hear actu- uh, another real human being that I spoke to.
0: Yeah,
1: to hear from the average Joe.
2: Yes, on, on how they became successful. So I, I'm excited about these books.
1: What, what is that like to be a songwriter and then all of a sudden write books? Because they're two totally different types of writing. You're doing a song... The, the lyrics can only be X amount of lines because you got to try to get your whole message out in, say, three and a half minutes, the, the industry will tell you. And then with a book, it's, for all intents and purposes, unlimited. It was a daunting task. I'd
2: never written a book before, before the first book, of course, and I thought, well, I'll look at it that it's going to be a long song with a lot of detail.
1: That's an interesting perspective. And then, and then a lady
2: told me, she said, Danny... Don't try to write like you're a writer. Just write. Don't even worry about order. If you feel a mm. flow happening, write, 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 write. Said it's the editor's job to patch it up. If you start trying to think like a writer, you're limiting yourself. And that was wise advice, because mm. as soon as she said that, there was a freedom lifted off my shoulders that I didn't have to look at myself. Am I a writer? Just write. Just get it out. And something happens. Once once that flow happens, you start finding a rhythm, like a song, and you get into a groove. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot different knowing that you don't have these parameters put on you of, like I said before, the example being that the music industry will tell you that if you want it to be on the radio, it should be three and a half minutes long. And nobody told you this is how many pages it needs to be, or make sure you sit down and do this many pages, or this is how many chapters you should aim to, and this is your deadline of when you should try to have it done by. So it's it's a very different experience, it sounds like, from from songwriting. I love it. To me, it,
2: it was similar to songwriting because... You're, you're, you're thinking just as hard for a three-minute song because you're thinking of, you You want to convey something that the listener is going to say, yeah, I, I relate. And it's the same with the book. I, I didn't want to write, uh, uh, and I tried to write simple. And, I, and I, you know what? I used Jesus. He was an educated man, and even the people that were around him, those rugged, rough, and tumble fishermen that I'm sure had salty language, <laughs> when the Pharisees perceived that they were uneducated men, but they realized there was something special about them, and they said it's because they were around this Jesus character. He spoke eloquent and complex issues in simple, everyday language, yeah, yeah. and that's how I like Hank Williams wrote songs like that. And that's how I like to write my my songs and my books. I want to be a, a common, everyday
1: uh, individual. Well, and if you think about it, when you sit down to songwrite, you have to have a hook. And with a book, someone would say, well, you don't need a hook. Yes, I do, because the, the reader might decide after page 10, this isn't really grabbing me. It's not doing anything for me. And boom, put it aside and never come back to it. Yes. Well, I mentioned in the intro that you're currently on a three-and-a-half-month road trip. You're playing shows... Here in Florida, ultimately, you'll end up uh, way up north doing a bunch of shows in Ontario, Canada. You made a statement to me that an agent is more important than a record label. And I just wanted you to talk on that because the listeners who are young up-and-comers think that their focus has to be on getting on a label so that then their career will go on cruise control. But you're here to say otherwise. I I signed
2: my first deal with Duke Street MCA Records and thought, wow, I finally made it. I finally got to the starting line is more like it. That's when the work really begins. And labels will try to change you. Don't trust the suits. If you have an idea and, and it's your music and you believe in it strongly, you stick to your guns. If you need help with your music, then admit you need help. But if you believe you've got something, it's okay to accept opinions and help. But don't go changing who you are. Because if, if you can't be happy with who you are, you'll never be happy trying to be somebody they're trying to make you. Mm-hmm. In Canada, they tried to make me the Canadian John Cougar. Mm. And I didn't want that. I wanted to. after my first two records with Duke Street MCA, I did all my own writing, and that's where I I really developed. But um, an agent, to answer your question, who's booking your music, he's booking you because he loves you. He sees that you've got something. And if you're working, that's your best form of distribution, CD Baby, online record stores, that means nothing. I mean, it's a help, but it really, it's not the main thing. You'll always sell more live. And so a booking agent, and I'll tell you, I for years would knock on booking agent's doors. Funny story here. I did a gig, and I won't mention the names, but it was a big-name guy. He goes, I'm walking into the room, and he's, on the phone, and he's cussing. He sees Debbie apologizes. He hangs up and says, who's your booking agent? And I raised my hand and said, I oh, am. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you know, you're probably lucky. He said, I wish these agents could sit in our van and see this crazy tour they put us on, A to Z to Y to D, back to B. We're not making any money. When I book, I look at A to Z where I'm going. I go online to each city and and press for venues. Then I hit all those venues, so I'm always going in a direction. And I said, by the way, who's your booking agent? He goes, I've been with three in the last 18 months. I said, who were they? He rhymed off three agencies that I had spent years (laughs) knocking on their door. I get out of the truck. I said, Debbie, I am never going to complain again about
1: not having a booking agent.
2: (laughs) Yes, when we find the right one, I will be thrilled. But in the meantime, I'm our booking agent.
1: And not to mention that the other part of that statement that you had made to me off the air was that The record labels aren't going to be the ones that are going to get you these shows to go out and perform at. No, their 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 efforts in terms of getting, I'll I'll use the expression, records sold, is not going to extend to getting them sold at your live shows. That's when they say, "Okay, you're done. Go have a nice tour, and this booking agent will get you out there on the road, and then it's up to you to to you know to get people over to your merch table."
2: Now there are a high end one and a half, maybe 2%, where you're with a label and they're all interconnected, a top label with a top publicist, a top booking agent, but that is so far and few between. For the average musician, you've really got to be an indie do-it-yourself kind of guy, and there's a way to do it and you can make a good livelihood at it. you got to work real
1: hard. Nothing comes easy, and you can't coast, absolutely absolutely yeah it's it's good advice and and it's advice from someone who is practicing what they preach it's you know this isn't this isn't this is my opinion and i think i'm right you know it's right because (laughs) you've been doing it for so many years that you've learned by you've learned from mistakes you've learned from other people's experiences so these are these are all firsthand stories that you tell
2: yes and cherish your mistakes they're your best teachers Mm,
1: nicely said I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today here in the studio is singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Danny Brooks. Visit his official website at www.dannybrooksmusic.com. Down at the bottom of the dannybrooksmusic.com homepage, you'll find links to various social media sites. He's on Facebook and YouTube, plus Reverb Nation and SoundCloud, a site that this show is available on. And you can purchase his music on iTunes and CD Baby or directly from his website. And obviously, as he just mentioned, at his live shows, be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net as in now hear this entertainment nhte.net. for every episode of this show. We've got the full audio plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show all right there on NHTE.net. Sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it very easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on NHTE.net to like, the now hear this page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you. And please do check out some of the prior episodes of now hear this entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far, including Danny Brooks himself back on episode 19. As always, many thanks of course, to those who are not first time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and interest and support. We have hit 102 countries around the world. That are now listening to the show. Africa, the Americas, Asia, Europe, and Oceania, all five regions of the world are represented. The two latest countries are Namibia and Zambia. So great to know that the folks down in Africa are listening to NHTE. So Danny, we were talking about the importance of an agent. Uh, although you do a huge amount of bookings by yourself, and you told me that you think you probably get Ten responses for every one hundred emails, although that just means replies, not bookings.
2: Yes, and generally they'll they'll amount to bookings. It's a roughly ten percent. Now, that number just can't be pulled out of the air. Approximately, it's ten percent that you approach. Now, you got to make sure that you've approached correctly. To get those 10%, and that's with a proper EPK, a proper opening paragraph that captivates their attention, and also, hopefully, you know, music that's suitable to that venue. I'm not going to a place when I do my mining the net, as my friend Frank Garcia (laughs) used to call it. If I see a club that's got uh the screaming uh, metalheads and uh, the the volcanic uh monsters and <laughs> i know that's not my room so i'm not going to send them something so you've got to quant qualify and quantify who you're sending it to and my suggestion is find artists that you appreciate and like whose music that you can uh, you know you can fit into their um uh audience see where they're playing and approach those clubs too as starters
1: yeah because you're referred to as a texas sippy blues man so you're not going to wander into like you said heavy metal clubs and say well i can fit here
2: yeah yeah no it's it's generally all roots kind of rooms we're playing a room in british columbia called the dream cafe and they've got they get people from all over the world um uh, folk artists, uh, mm-hmm. Irish music, blues is very eclectic. And, um, so anything with to do with folk, country, blues, or even rock, some, some rock rooms, but not metal rooms, I'll approach and, uh, but I'll, I'll see too, if it is an eclectic room, the some if it's a straight country room and that's all they have, uh, Chances are I'm not going to send them something. Mm-hmm. Although there is one room in Houston called the Redneck Country Club, and they'll have Mo Bandy, Merle Haggard. They get mm. some of the rock guys, like um, Southern Rock guys. I, who was there recently? Heard it in a love song. Well, what's their name? Great band. And uh, but primarily, it's you know Texas swing. Ray Benson, Sleep at the Wheel. And but we 've played we 're going in there for a second time in June, mm-hmm. uh, but primarily i 'll stick to the
1: roots rooms mind you, uh, my best friend he would tell you that that ten out of a hundred is a great return because he always says that once you send out your marketing letter, you can expect a one percent return rate, so you're you 're getting ten times as much. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus... I'm going to do a selfish plug, but as you continue looking for resources to learn from and grow your career, this podcast is not the only effort I'm making to help the up-and-comers. I write a weekly blog with lots of insights and lessons. When you're on www.nhte.net, click on blog and check out the long list of entries. A new blog comes out every Monday. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1 and a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 2 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40 and 41 to 80, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. I wanted to ask you, I mentioned uh, the, the Texas uh I'll say nickname in air quotes. Is that self-proclaimed or did somebody put that label on you at no, some point?
2: I, I came to it honestly because when we first moved down to Texas, I played quite a bit in Clarksdale, Mississippi at uh, Reds, uh, which is a real juke joint. On any given night, you can be in there, and a guy like Robert Plant could walk in the room. It's it's wow. kind of very unique and famous. Or the Hambone Gallery, which is a part uh, for uh, artists, sculpture, and uh, a guy who does posters and a musician. So I'd play there and play Texas, and I thought, you know, there's a similarity from some of the Texas music scene and the hill country Mississippi, and I thought, Texas Sippy, maybe I'll call myself that. Because I thought if I was going to come down to the States, I'm going to reinvent myself a bit. So I Mm -hmm. started, I just said, I'm going to call myself the Texas Sippy Soul Man.
1: That's all right.
2: I was always called the Soul Man from other people, but now I just thought I'd throw Texas Sippy in (laughs) there.
1: Well, I I enjoy listening to your insights and and your kind to come on the show and and share some information that I hope will be helpful to the listeners who are up and comers. But I guess I'm not surprised because you made a statement to me that, quote, it's a small world, it pays to be nice, end quote. Yes. That's a a very, a very generous approach, a, a very, unfortunately, it's an uncommon attitude. You don't, you don't find people that are willing to be so, so forthcoming, so helpful.
2: Well, I believe you reap what you sow, and if you're sowing goodwill to others and to be helpful, uh, it'll come back at you. But, you know, how I met my wife, Debbie, uh, I was nice to her. And if I hadn't have been nice to her at that time, maybe uh, I wouldn't have met her again again later in life and she wouldn't have got me into rehab and i wouldn't be clean and speaking to you today I'd, wow. I'd be dead i know that
1: wow well i i don't i don't want to be redundant but you know we've we've talked in the show before about how too many artists take a posture of competition instead of collaboration so it's refreshing how willing you are to help people in music instead of holding everything for yourself some of these tips that you've been giving out already
2: Yes and you know uh, and I'm preaching to myself too because i am <laughs> I'm, I'm still learning and, and and trying to figure things out uh, you know it's uh you, you've never arrived you got to keep reaching and you know there's such a a, a a vast number of young people coming out today that you know play circles around me on guitars they got vocal chops that frighten me and this
1: I always mm. cling to
2: the fact well I'll dig deeper I'll, I'll, I'll still be competitive in that regard but I do have my experience, my life experiences and I can turn it into a phrase in a song and a lot of young people don't have that yet so I'm still relevant but you have to work for your relevancy and you've got you've to treat your art like I've got to improve I've got to improve because the audience deserves the best. Mm. Like every time I play, I'm playing that it might be my last performance and I want to be known as giving it. Also, when I first moved to Texas, my first gig in Texas was Anton's. Guitar City is is Austin. There was a sign on the green room that said, "If you brought your guitar to this town, expecting to turn it upside down, you better be bringing it or go home." Wow! Signed Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh. and I thought, well, I'll never be no Stevie <laughs> Ray Vaughan, but I can bring it, and that's what I I made up my mind to bring it. And uh, you you've got to be giving it. You're all and all and then some. Whether it's 10,000 people or 10 people, you dig down deep and you give it.
1: Well, I like, as I said, the fact that you're honest enough to say, I've been at this a long time, but I'm still learning. Because the listeners, I think, kind of get this idea in their head that, This guy, he's he's put out eleven CDs. He's written three books. I know. Last time you were on the show, I mentioned that you had one of your songs was featured in an episode of The Fosters, which is on ABC Family. Uh, You were the Blues Hall of Fame inducted you as a Blues Ambassador to Ontario, Canada, and you've had uh, music placed on Sirius XM. So people hear that and they think, well, this guy, you know, he's he's finished in terms of. He knows the business. He's all set. He's kind of got his career in c- cruise control. And I love that you just said, "I'm I'm still learning as I go through this," no matter how many CDs I've put out. That's that's a great that's a great attitude because as you mentioned earlier, you can convince yourself I've arrived, I'm set, I'm done, and and then you close your mind off and all of a sudden all these lessons are passing you by. Mhm. Well, one other point that has been made a couple of times in this show is that you really have to establish yourself in your local city before you start heading out to other cities to perform. Mark Allen Barnett talked about that on episode 12, which is one of the most listened to episodes of the show and Bluesman Damon Fowler repeated that sentiment on episode 66. But Danny, you don't have that luxury. You, you live in a tiny town in Texas. That's that's 80 miles from Austin and, and even further than that from San Antonio. So, you pretty much are playing at home when you're on the road, wouldn't you say? You know, home is where the
2: heart is and and we're, yeah, you're right. Our home really is the road, but our, our regular home in Lano is still the nucleus. You've got to have a center point in your life. You know, that could be someone's faith or their vocation you've got to have something that brings it all together that gives birth to all your ideas and your creativity so yes I'm able to go out on the road and do this that and the other but it has to start with the idea and the song and most of that gets its birth at home you're right on the road to a certain degree but you're so hectic You know, you got so many things coming at you on the road for survival uh, at performance, detail after detail, that it's hard to really get into writing. But you collect all the ideas, you get home, and you might only be home a short while, but for that little time you're home, all those ideas are churning up and you start writing like a frenzy. Just before leaving here, I wrote about 12 songs. Mm. And so it's, home it starts with that song and that you gotta have your home base so whether you live in a little timbuktu or hooterville town it's what's in your heart that's where it all comes from and then you get out on the big the blue highway and you share that
1: but is there any kind of music scene at all in lano texas
2: uh yes, there's actually the Lano Opry where you get people like John Connolly visiting and uh Mo Bandy. Uh then there's um the Badoo House. Uh we play there once a month, but um when we're we're home. Uh, there's joe's bar and grill but there's places not far like the green hall is a very well known place lucum back dance hall
1: okay. like this
2: this is with like in a 75 80 mile radius
1: <laughs> so 75 or 80 miles, and, and most people would probably say if it was 7.5 or 8 miles, I'd go there, but I'm not going to drive 75 or 80 miles. But again, I think that speaks to how invested are you in your music career. If there is an opportunity for you to perform and you have to go 75 miles, are you going to take it or are you going to say that's too far to drive? Well, we're 1,500 miles from home right now. <laughs> <laughs> the old, we're not in Kansas anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, you uh, you probably understand the importance of of having a a very mechanically sound vehicle with all the miles that you must put on. I think people overlook that, and, and uh, I need to get myself a a national sponsor for the show that <laughs> that looks after maintenance on vehicles because for all the time that you spend on the road, you can't afford to have a day when all of a sudden you have a breakdown.
2: That's right. Unfortunately, in the last five years. Uh, our truck has been like the sandals of the children of Israel in the desert. <laughs> Didn't
1: wear down. We, we've been fortunate. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today here in the studio is singer, songwriter, multi instrumentalist Danny Brooks. Visit his official website at www.dannybrooksmusic.com. Down at the bottom of the Danny Brooks Music.com homepage, you'll find links to various social media sites. He's on Facebook and YouTube, plus Reverb Nation and SoundCloud, a site that this show is also available on. And you can purchase his music. It's on iTunes, CDBaby.com. You can also purchase it directly from DannyBrooksMusic.com. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in Now Hear This Entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show on NHTE.net, we've got the full audio plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at NHTE.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free. It makes it very easy, very convenient to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the now hear this page on facebook and to follow on twitter and or instagram if you're a new listener to the show thank you ever so much and please do check out some of the prior episodes of now hear this entertainment i mentioned danny brooks on episode 19 damon fowler on episode 66 mark allen barnett on episode 12 and actually mark allen barnett came back on the show a few weeks ago on episode 102 uh, of course, as always, many, many thanks to those who are not first time listeners. It just so grateful for your time and your interest and support. So Danny, on a different note, one place that you perform, I'll say, is in prisons, which I know we had touched on back on episode 19. That's That's way outside a, a traditional performance booking and definitely not somewhere that the uninitiated, should be trying to go and play, correct? Kind of a a do not try this at home?
2: Well, I would suggest uh, if you've got it in your heart to volunteer and to make uh, someone's day and spread a little joy, look into it. It's very rewarding. And most every prison we've performed in, have a top-flight PA system, Hmm. a great sound man because he knows the room, (laughs) good equipment. It's like a concert setting, and uh, we've enjoyed it. We've been in Angola, Parchman Farm, David Wade, uh, the Fortress in Kentucky, even in uh, Chicago, the Cook County Jail. It's it's amazing, and... um, The people love it, and it's not because you've got a captive audience. They're polite. You know when they're digging it because if if, um, years ago when I used to try out new songs, they'd be polite. But if they really like it, they're loud about (laughs) it. So if I got a a polite response, I knew I had to rework the song. Ah, interesting. Uh, Very rewarding. Uh, But, I mean, I'm sharing with them because... I know what it's like to be incarcerated. I know most of the people there have problems with addictions, and my songs deal with that. So it's kind of like it's part of my mandate. And uh, but I, they're the they rank with my best performances. Wow, being in, in wow. live in the prisons.
1: Well, being that you had been incarcerated yourself. Were you nervous the very first time that you ever went into a, a prison as a performer, or no, was it, no? I was,
2: I was scared shitless going in <laughs> by my for the first time going to jail. Oh, okay. The fear okay. of the unknown yeah. catches everybody. But uh, going in, I'll tell you, the first time I performed in a prison, and I walked out, and you hear that door clang shut behind you. It's like, wow you know it's good to be free mm. and then you identify with the the men and the women that aren't free and you've got to you know you feel for them
1: i wonder you your recovery from from a long battle with drugs and alcohol is is well documented did you get into drugs and alcohol because of music
2: you know i won't say it was because of music but it was the example of people that were in the music industry, maybe if I was into acting, it might have been actors that were using drugs. But at that time, a lot of the people I looked up to musically were known drug users. Mm. And when I would take the needle out of my arm and get that rush, I identified that I was... Like that person that I admired wow. so much. Wow! So our example speaks louder than what we we imagine.
1: Yeah, and that's why it's it is so well documented these days. When you hear about athletes, they're getting arrested. Obviously, celebrities, musicians, actors, whatever they are, and obviously there is, thankfully, there is a portion of society that realizes that a lot of young people are looking up to these performers, whatever part of the arts they're in and realizing that, hey, don't follow this person's lead. Otherwise, you're going to end up exactly where they are.
2: Anyone who comes up to you and says, I've got something you're going to love, he's a liar or he's so deceived and blind and he's incredibly stupid Mm. because there's no way out. There's no way around it history look at the kurt cobain alvis presley just because you got fame and money means nothing drugs will kill you it'll rob you of your sensibilities it'll strip away like an onion bit by bit of your humanity and leave you a shrivelled up nothing I'm one of the fortunate ones. Just because I spent years doing it doesn't mean it's easy to get out. And I didn't do it. God did it, and he sent Debbie. And I had a praying mom and dad who never gave up on me. I should be dead many times over. I should be. I'm one of the very fortunate few. It's it's miraculous. And I still have scars today from what I did. So I didn't, oh even though I, I'm in a, a miracle situation, for years I had blue funks. I didn't know what they were. And it was like I had floating anxieties after getting at a rehab. I had agoraphobia. I still have to fight those issues. It's not as bad anymore. But it, it, it's difficult. I had to screw it on real tight to keep my senses about me and my courage. And I did that by memorizing verses out of the Bible just to keep my sanity. I remember mm-hmm. the first time I did voiceovers in a, in, a, in a small studio room, and there'd be five or six people in the room. I'd be shaking like a leaf. Yeah, cause... I
1: was going to say, how does someone with agoraphobia, fear of, of crowds, how do you, how do you go and perform in, in a room that's got you know maybe 150 people in it?
2: It, it? By the grace of God,
1: I'm lucky. I I I I'm doing what I'm doing. Amazing. You mentioned a name to me that I want the listeners to hear about. Who is Michael von Ferret? Michael von Ferret,
2: no T. Uh, sorry. And um, sorry. He, I played with him in, in a few bands, and then he recorded with me on a couple of records, and he was uh, uh, Lou uh, Reed's music director mm. for, I think, seven or eight Amazing. records. Amazing. But he, he was out of L.A., and uh, he was in a band called The First Super Group. It was called um, Rhinoceros, and they had two albums, but they had a a player from the Frank Zappa band, a player from Iron Butterfly, uh, John Finley, the lead singer, Michael Fonfair on keyboards, and um, I've I've had I've been blessed to play with some great keyboard players. If he
1: was in Los Angeles and you were obviously in either Texas or Canada, you know, I was how was you get Canada. hooked up with him? Well, I I knew some of his
2: bands from Toronto. And I knew when he went down to l a and he came back and played at in Canada as a rhinoceros, and then he moved back here and stayed and you know I was an original writer, so i was privy to some pretty good uh players, and I would call him up and ask him, "You know if you've got a gig, surprisingly, who you can get to you know <laughs> to play because everybody's fond of eating you know they they <laughs> need, they need to the work."
1: Everybody's fond of eating. That's that. That may have to end up on the quotes page for yeah. <laughs> this episode yeah. of the show. That's a good one. And you know, I, I think it was either Damon Fowler on, on episode sixty-six, or or it might have been uh, Victor Wainwright when when he was on the show that talked about this. They they just said that that the blues community in particular is just such a small, tightly knit fraternity that, in a sense, it it doesn't entirely surprise me that you have been able to, to connect with, with people like that. And, and by the way, listeners, uh, Victor Wainwright was episode 69, but I, I, I'm sure that, that you feel the same way.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, we're going to close today with a song of yours. That's, as I understand it currently being pitched to radio, it's called when I'm holding you. So before we let you go, Danny, tell the listeners all about this song, please.
2: Well it's uh I got a lot of inspiration for writing songs with uh, certain family members and uh Debbie my wife who's you know basically saved my life and stuck by me through all the years uh it's kind of based on her and um there's a double entendre too in this
1: song too, and I'll let the listener figure that out for themselves. <laughs> that's a that's a good cliffhanger. Well, Danny, thank you so much. I'm really glad that that we got to have you back on the show, and and more specifically that we're able to do it here in person this time. Thank you for for stopping in Tampa and doing this.
2: Thank you for having me, Bruce. It's been a pleasure. God
1: bless you. Absolutely. That will do it for this week's episode. Of now, hear this entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, multi instrumentalist Danny Brooks. As I have been saying, do check out his website at www.dannybrooksmusic.com and then engage with him on social media. So that means like his Facebook page, subscribe to his YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. Remember that just like this show, he is also on SoundCloud and he is also on Reverb Nation. And, of course, do purchase his music. It's on iTunes, CDbaby.com, and on his own website. And, of course, you'll want to look at his website to see where and when you can go see him perform live, and then you can purchase his music in person. Tell him that you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment and follow Danny online for updates on the two new books so you'll be aware of when those will be published. Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating that really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share, they call it repost episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nhte.net, plus there's a link there to this show on Instagram, or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nhte.net. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their website at www.cbpro.net. That's C-B as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song by Danny Brooks. This is the one he just talked about. It's called When I'm Holding You.
0: I don't want sunshine. I can't explain so, oh, the song of the wonder. I don't know much about the way of the stars and moon and night. Oh, when I hold you, everything's alright. Oh, when I hold you, I'm ten feet tall. All oh, my trouble seems so far away seems so small. You're everything I dreamed about. Heaven knows it's true. Everything's all right when I'm Love, silver and gold What's wrapped up in my loving arms What matters the most Oh, when I hold you I'm ten feet tall All oh, my troubles seem so far away They seem so small You're everything i dream dreamed about Heaven knows